Welcome back to A Pod of Their Own. This is episode 62 of A Pod of Their Own. I am Allison McCaig, and I am joined this week by my lovely co-hosts, Linda Serovich. Hi, Linda. Hey, Allison. And Kellyanne Healy. Hello, Kellyanne. Hello, Allison, and hello, Linda. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) So, this is the episode. This is... Gary, extreme Gary Cohen voice. The impossible has happened. Like it's uh, all been leading to this. It's all been leading to this, folks. Uh, the Wilpons have sold the Mets. Um, obviously, we have officially varying levels of excitement about whom the Mets have sold been sold to. However, I think that most Mets fans can get excited about the Wilpons not being owners any longer. <laughs> I agree. I'm ex- I'm semi excited about that. I am not. I'm like probably one of the very few people that's not excited about the incoming new owner. <laughs> like what a wild ride from like Tiki Barber breaking the news back in December <laughs> to like Tiki Barber now. scoops guy. Yes, like <laughs> that just adds to the just the wildness of it. Like it was Tiki Barber, and I remember just. Sitting at my desk, like, no, no, oh, huh? That's not real. Since when does Tiki Barber have sources? <laughs> and, like, that was just wild. And then, in typical Will Ponian fashion, they, Jeffy, like, ruined the deal. So, and then, he ruins yeah, everything <laughs> as he does. As, and as one. now, yeah, and now he's still pushing the A-Rod narrative because A-Rod promised him still some control of the team. Yeah, that's been the most hilarious thing to come out of all of this is that um, obviously we alluded to this last podcast when it looked like Steve Cohen was going to go final, but we didn't have the official news yet, which we now do. But like in the whole aftermath of the thing, it was clear that A-Rod and J-Lo were the runners-up to own the team and that they were pissed off about they were sore losers about it more or less and yes um and the thing that has come out is that until the 11th hour jeff wilpon was in favor of a-rod and j-lo's group and he was hoping that they could pull out a deal over steve cohen because they would allow him to retain control over baseball operations so Ugh. shock shock jeff wilpon wants a-rod and j-lo to own the mets because they would have allowed him to keep his grimy fingers on the team whereas steve cohen is not allowing him to do that apparently um so yeah that's that's kind of the funniest thing to come out of all of this and unsurprising but still funny nonetheless like jeff's whole uh, tenure has been like it's all about jeff like god forbid his father make money let's no i want to keep control of the team after i already lost you like a quarter of a million dollars because i wanted control of the team months ago like he's so self-centered i can't even like you're, you're having to sell because everybody hates you. Then you lost the sale pre-pandemic. And now you want to take even less money. Because you're still not willing to give up control. Like, the ego. The self-centeredness. Like, I don't know why I'm shocked. But take a hint, man. And Jeff He's got no self-awareness. He yeah. has no self-awareness whatsoever. He's a fail so. son. None of them have yeah. self-awareness. And he and A-Rod are, you know, a match made in heaven in that regard. They are, you know, perfectly made bedfellows because A-Rod also doesn't know when to take the L, apparently. In this. <laughs> apparently, um, oh my God, all of that image rehabbing that was like, he had like pretty much successfully rehabbed his image yeah. from being like one of the most fig- uh, most hated figures in baseball to, like, being, like, a relatively, like, 
not nice guy, but like not as reviled as he was when he was playing baseball. Yeah, he was just like, like a cool ESPN announcer and it was like fine. And now like and now he's like dude that wanted to McKinsey the Mets and also won't shut up about it afterwards. Uh, <laughs> like and, I don't like, know if you read David Roth's article where yes. it basically would have been the Will Ponds all over again because he can't afford the team. They would have been the Marlins. It yeah. would have been Derek Jeter. Yeah, kind of. I mean, I don't think we know that, but the thing that we do know is that there would have been more hands in the pot in the yeah, A-Rod yes. group because it had to be like, it, it, yeah, it's Jeter-esque in the sense that it would have had to have been a whole conglomerate of people with A-Rod and J-Lo as like the figureheads basically because- And like shadowy it, like hedge fund dudes in the back supplying yeah. money. As opposed to shadowy hedge fund dudes just, like, right at the front, which is what it is now. <laughs> one, yeah. one shadowy hedge fund dude one, at the front. It's one very shadowy hedge fund dude. Yeah. I yeah. also would, I just, I would have loved to have seen Jennifer Lopez kind of, like, being the face of the team. One of the faces of the team. I don't know. I just had that all of That would have been like, cool. Oh. I wonder how but much like, A-Rod would have followed billion dollars. through. Would have yeah. followed through on his promise to like make her the face of it. I uh, like maybe I'm like being overly cynical about it, but to me yeah. that was like an obvious like desperate like grab grasping at straws thing. Like, look, it's gonna be the first Latino woman and like all this stuff. And I was like, I don't believe you. <laughs> no. Yeah, it, like you said, it was like the death knell, like yeah. the final hour, like, but wait, there's more. But wait, <laughs> there's more. Yeah, and, and now A-Rod's still saying, like, I hope that, like, he's he's still being like, we'll match his offer if the owners don't approve of him. And it's like, what makes you freaking think that the owners won't approve Steve Cohen? Come on, That's come on. the now. other thing is literally, like, every outlet is reporting it's approved. Yet the state media is like, no, hold up. Like, hold your horses. Andy <laughs> Martino of MetsBlog.com. Okay, yes, let's name names. <laughs> I'll just name him. I don't care. He might be on his way out. Who knows? <laughs> but, like, literally. The deal does only... not include SNY, so he's still going to have his job, probably. Ugh. That was the whole. Well, well isn't it. Rumored that they're going to negotiate SNY, later. I think, after, yeah, later on. Like, After, I think, he's yeah. approved. But as of right now, Steve Cohen is not going to imminently control SNY as of yet. Darn it. Yeah. But yeah, the yeah. whole silver lining of this is I thought we'd be rid of Andy Martino. <laughs> exactly. So Apparently the state not. media can still push Jeffy's agenda as much as they want, but literally everybody else is saying it shouldn't be a problem or that the, he gets approved. Uh, or the cl- very close personal friend of uh, Jeff Wolfon, Rob Manfred's agenda as well. Oof. Yeah. And like, like I, I don't know, what makes you think thing. what makes you think that they won't approve Steve Cohen? First of all, like first of all, if they're if they're signing the deal and it's being reported widely, they're doing it because they know he's going to get approval. Second of all, he's one of them. He's one of the mm-hmm. club. They're all the same dude, and they all are friends. <laughs> of course, they approve of him. <laughs> exactly. Like they're all like they're like you said, they're all in the billionaire club that we it's, could never hope to gain access. Heard that Wolf of Wall Street gif of like gobble gobble one of us gobble gobble. Yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, that's literally what it is. Oh my god, <laughs> literally what it is. That'll probably be the meeting, like just one of <laughs> us. One That'll of literally us. be the voting, like the voting session. Except it'll be over. Uh, it'll be over Zoom. Zoom. <laughs> because it's 2020 and we live in a hellscape. <laughs> How much? Oh my god, that makes me. Oh my god, I just want to like be in on that Zoom meeting to see how many of them can't use a computer or like can't use Zoom. Yo, new <laughs> new Apato mission that we're putting out into the world, listeners, especially the ones who are more tech savvy than us, hack into the owner's Zoom meeting, <laughs> take oh video, god. report it back. And Manfred would have to be there, too, I would assume, right? Yes. Hack into the Zoom. Apparently, Zoom has very bad... Um, it does. Someone hacked into one of my library consortium's training no. last week with audio. And, like, I was getting the recordings and stuff. And they're saying, like, there's... Someone hacked into it during... There's some weird music playing. We're sorry. 
Like, oh, oh my no. God. Oh, Guys. No. What if this someone hacks into you... our prize drawing? I, w- I, I welcome the trolls. I'll be like, hello, join us. You've decided to waste your evening watching the Mets. Congratulations. You've been owned. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it's weird. Like, like I pointed out on Twitter, like, I can unironically imagine JT Ray and Muto in a Mets uniform. Oh, shit. Like, it's true. Like, we can plan things now. Like, somebody, was it Arietta? Somebody in Slack was like, oh, future Met. <laughs> yeah, that was, was like, Thomas. No, that, yeah, like, no, that doesn't Maybe have to not be Maybe not future anymore. Met, because the Wilpons yeah. won't own the Mets anymore. You're making, you're making assumptions based on the previous regime. We have no idea what this new regime will do. I mean, that's kind of the, like, I think that people who, and we've said this on this podcast before, and I think that, like, people who assume that he's going to be, that Steve Cohen's going to be the savior of the Mets financially are misguided, and I think that we are, it's too soon to ascribe any sort of ownership style to this man. However, it is sort of a fun blank slate to play with i guess because at least because the will ponds are a known quantity you know what fucking stupid bullshit they're gonna do you don't know what steve cohen's gonna do it might still be bullshit but at least there is (laughs) different at least it'll be different bullshit at least it's the excitement of something different like we're we're so starved at this point that like even that is like yes But I think David Roth pointed this out in his article, too. It's not getting rid of the Will Ponds isn't just the cheapness and refusing to spend and, you know, being part of the Ponzi scheme. Like, that's a huge part of it. But another huge part is, you know, trashing the stars. Yes. Bad-mouthing people on their way out. Um, Bar lifts. And mismanaging injuries. It's like it's detrimental to like it's they're they're legit dangerous to their own players. And yeah. you know And we've it, had players on record say that. Yeah. So, you know, when you're putting the health of your players at risk, that's not okay. And it hasn't been okay for a long time. So, oh, JD, did that go right through his glove? Poor JD well, it knocked <laughs> his glove off of his hand. Is I what happened. Oh, it knocked sorry. his glove off of his hand, and his glove kind of went flying in the air. I saw that, and I was like, "I wonder if Linda's seen that yet." Her man. Oh, uh, and of course now there's a tater. Oh shit! Oh. In play, no out. Yeah, two run tater. That's not good. Oh, yeah. it See, might be time to put on the Islander game. Oh. I think this game might be over. Yeah, I think that's that's ball game. Uh, yeah, for reference, we, I are, don't. we are recording oh, this don't on show Tuesday sad night. JD. <laughs> showing sad JD. We're recording this on Tuesday night, September fifteenth, as the Phillies just took a four to one lead over the Mets and Rick Porcello, because because of course Gary Cohen had to give the death knell as he always does. Like every time Gary Cohen is like, he's actually pitching pretty well. It's like tater, tater, tater. Yeah, like Gary like, does this shit all the outs. time. Yeah, he had two outs and nobody on the last inning, and then, like, walked three people in a row, and then gave up a two-run double. Like, ugh. They just showed a replay of the... But we don't have to worry the, about this anymore. They just showed a replay of the homer, and Porcello jumped, like, ten feet in the air off the mound, because he knew that it was gone the second it was hit, and he was like, shit! I mean, it, yeah, like, it's a bomb. <laughs> yeah, that was, that, was a, that was quite the tater. Um, like, the Met season is over, but like, yeah, you know, we might not have to worry about this anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like I was saying, you know, the Will Ponds, you know, in da- our own David Capobianco wrote about this in his article, like the embarrassingness of the Mets, like the LOL Mets, like there's no separating them from the Will Ponds. Like the LOL Mets is the Will Ponds. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's it's just goes beyond, you know, being frugal. We'll put it that way. It's you know, just I'm tired of being embarrassed to be a Met fan. Yeah, it's like the whole identity. Like, yeah, it is the whole like LOL Mets identity thing. Um, it is and- going to be weird because like I'm not going to know what to do with myself if they do have like some sort of like like lasting run of success it's gonna be like it do i like where what's my identity now i don't understand yeah 
Like, you know, we're still, still happy to the Cubs when they won. Like, they lost their lovable loser charm. Yeah, they all they became instantly insufferable. Although, I don't really uh-huh. give a shit if other fan bases start to hate us as long as we win the World Series. I don't really No, care. I honestly don't care either. Oh, can you imagine rubbing it in the Yankee fans' faces? Yes, that would be fantastic. I'd be like, oh, how many World Series do you have this decade? I'm sorry. Yeah, I already oh, do so- that with how many World Series appearances do you have in this decade? Because we have. <laughs> yeah, hmm, who the has the edge one. there? Yeah. Uh, let me think. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Cool. <sighs> Good stuff. But yeah, so it, it'll it be interesting. It's It's definitely like, you know, this is something, regardless of how you feel about the the Wilpons themselves or Steve Cohen himself or whatever it it's still it'll be interesting because it's like this is something that Mets fans of roughly our age bracket like we have not experienced this before the Wilpons have been basically our entire fandom so yes so it'll be writes, different who writes the Wilpon expose oh what my do we god think? um I, my bet's on Carig. yeah at this point I'd say it's Carig. I want Sandy Alderson to write. That'd be amazing. I think Sandy Alderson will definitely be interviewed for the Wilpon expose book that will eventually be written. I Um, think Meg Doll does. I just want his own book. Yes. On the whole thing. On everything. On everything. I want to hear Gary Keith and Ron's like unvarnished thoughts. I know they were they were being diplomatic today during the game. Yeah, I mean they obviously have to. They still work for SNY. Which is still owned by the Wilpons. Yeah, it's still the state media for right Um, now. (laughs) But yeah. Actually, hilariously, I would also want to like read Terry Collins' thoughts on this. Yeah. I know that's like weird to say, but I. I, Bobby Valentine, too. You know he's got stories. (laughs) Oh, he's got shit to say. That's for sure. That's for sure. It's like, yeah, I, I think it was um, Jeff and Jarrett were talking about this on For All You Kids Out There recently, but it's it's a very small handful of people that are a combination of, like, basically three things. Like, well-sourced enough to write this book, willing to write this book, and able to write this book, and a mm-hmm. good enough writer to write this book. And it's, like, a very actually small handful of people where that Venn diagram where, like, all three of those things come together. And I think that it's basically, like, Rosenthal, Kerrig, and, like, maybe, like, one or two other people. I, I Like, Kerrig's the only person in my mind that I can imagine writing this book. Well, we know who it won't be. <laughs> and you know of Metzwag.com? He's well-sourced <laughs> enough. He's one of those things he on the Venn diagram. And do you think uh, we'll start seeing, like, veterans come back more? Like, yeah. Pedro? Yeah, like, coming back to, like, actually do things with the team. It might be. I don't know. Unclear. Pro- maybe. We'll see. It's like, and, like, yeah, but, like, something with, like, and this goes back to, like, how much of it is ingrained in the Mets' identity forever and is, you know, irreversible. Like, Carlos Beltran is, like, never going to, like go near the Mets again I feel like no. regardless because obviously he already I I already thought he was never going near the Mets again and then like the whole like tenure his very short tenure as manager happened and now I'm like he's definitely never going near the Mets again um but like that was see that to me is kind is unrelated to his his short managerial ter- term is completely unrelated to the Mets and why he left. So I I sort of separate that in I my mean, mind. I is, guess it is and it isn't. It it's and not I the think, Mets' fault what he no. did and what. And I I think if enough time passes, like he obviously won't be manager ever, but I could see him coming back like. In a, in a lower capacity, not a lower capacity, but like maybe as like a minor league coach or even just like a one of those like guest of the week coaches. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Piazza yeah. does in spring training sometimes. I don't know, but he embarrassed the organization. And I think like, he could get a better gig with another yeah. team now. I, like if he just stays away for a while, I think he could get a managerial gig with another team. Whereas he can't mm-hmm. with the Mets. I don't know. 
But like, yeah. it isn't the Mets' fault, like we said, what he did. But they, they like, they fucked it up the way they fuck up everything. And of like, course, didn't, didn't like handle it properly, and like didn't, you know, the Mets come out of that looking that it like not, you know, not like malicious, but like stupid, like they usually do. Uh huh. For not like you know properly that, like vetting uh, I mean, or like asking the right people about this stuff. And that's the whole thing. The Mets previously a lot of their decisions are just plain dumb and we can like fans can see what's wrong with it before it happens and for some reason the people in-house can't yeah and i'm curious to see if that kind of divide gets fixed yeah with the new regime so to speak that's like the bare minimum that and overhauling like miners and analytics and like health but like what, just, what's left of the miners yeah yeah uh, but oh the pr God. disasters like just like yeah do you like think let's not the be cespedes, yeah like the cespedes like opting out do you think that happens under colin i don't know like the head saying we don't know where our player is do you think like that leaks if Colin probably was not i also out? I also wonder, because, like, obviously, like, so much of the Mets' relationship with Cespedes, like, led up to that moment, right? It's, like, it's a compounding of everything. It's not just, like, would the Mets be incompetent enough under Cohen to have, like, a, a, like, bad moment like that. It's, like, would they have the soured relationship with the player that goes back years such that Mm -hmm. it happened to this way. I don't know. That remains to be seen. I, yeah, that's, that's the whole thing. We can't just like, we, we can extrapolate and hypothesize, but we, we don't know at this point. Yeah. I think (laughs) what he's going to do. I think that he, he, not to say that Steve Cohen, because Steve Cohen's a Mets fan, so it's not like he has no investment in the team, like, beyond financial investment. Um, but, like, he, so he does care about the team winning in all likelihood. But I think that he's he's going to be more the type of owner that's, like, a lot more hands-off than the world. Oh, oh, boy. Just, just got oh. hit by a pitch. Um, yeah, no. but Arietta hurt himself, too. Oh, he Good. did? Oh. He grabbed his hamstring after he threw the pitch. I want to feel bad, but I kind of don't because Jake Arrieta. I don't feel bad. Arrieta. I don't. Um, now it's like well, I go to go to the Frazier. clubhouse, go to the clubhouse, and go ice oh, yourself. Oh, and go he home. can't even walk. Oh, Ooh, that looks real bad. Yeah, that's a hammy. Bring on the Phillies bullpen, baby. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, with the bases with the bases too. loaded and one out. How can they screw this up? I'm ready. Um, yeah, like is is yeah, is is, oh. is Andres okay though? Yeah, I'm only watching on game day. Okay. Seemed like it was like it hit him in the butt or the thigh, <laughs> upper thigh, the glute tear, <laughs> the okay. meaty as... part of the thigh. <laughs> um, as long as Gimme Gimme's okay, I'm okay. Yeah, he's okay. Um, okay. Oh, he screamed as soon as he threw the pitch. Ooh, oh, he pulled a hammy or something. Yeah, that's a hammy. That's a hammy pull. That sucks. Um, so he's probably done this season presumably at this point we've got like two weeks left in the season less than that so yep that's unfortunate um but yeah i uh was i saying about steve cohen i like i don't know it remains to be seen i think i think that steve cohen will be a more hands-off owner in the sense that he will not be as meddlesome in baseball operations he will probably hire some sort of like coo type person um as opposed to trying to do that himself i think whether that person will be any good is anybody's guess um who knows who the type of person he'll hire if he brings in like freaking loria or whom whomstever will be terrible but you know (laughs) he could bring in someone good i don't know um we have no way of knowing that um i also i think that it's like like if I had to, I'm not a betting woman but if I had to bet money I would say that Bertie Van Wagenen will not last into this new regime but yeah. I but I think the more interesting like question is whether Luis Rojas will I think that he will um because I, I think... don't think that there's any reason there's no reason to get rid of him when no. he's just had to manage this shit show of a season um and nothing and else. I mean I think, and I think, just to give him a a true fair shot at managing, because 
of the circumstances of this season, given the pandemic, given the delays in the season, there were just Hiredly. so many hired. Like there were so many anomalies to this year, just in his hiring with the pandemic that I, I would like to see him in a full season under regular circumstances. So would I. And, and also, I think he's been fine. Even mostly he's, he's been okay. Um, Better than Mickey. He's Gallagher, made some major goofs. Yeah, but also again, it's like you know he pulled Peterson early the other day. Is that him making the decision, or is that somebody from on high making the decision? Yeah, and I'm hoping that with the new regime, we will at least have more like clarity on that. Like we won't have yeah. to question as often when the manager makes a choice if it's really him making that choice. Yeah, yeah. So that's the other thing is you know. Being able How to many of this evaluate is him? Your yeah, yeah. We'll and also, nice. you know, Cohen coming in. If he wants to, you know, revamp everything, like okay, revamp the front office. But then you have to revamp a front office and a managerial staff in a off season. That's a lot. It is and, a lot. Uh, and of course, Ramos grants into a double play immediately. Shocker! <laughs> so bad. <laughs> He's been so, so bad. bad. The Ugh. first pitch. Christ. Oh, God. Anyway. Um, I guess. I, I mean, I've been quiet about Cohen because I'm, again, I have my thoughts about this that I'm going to kind of keep to myself until probably the end of November. Um, for reasons. um but i am very wary of him taking over the mets i see a lot of potential issues um i don't know again i will speak more on that in late november (laughs) depending on where things are i do think that (laughs) that's cryptic it it, it completely depends on the election Uh, how whoever's elected really affects my speculation we I'll just will, say that. All I'll say on the matter until we can discuss it in more depth later is that I think if you're looking for a savior, you might be disappointed. I just think that, yeah. again, this is something different. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the whole thing. It is different. So, And I'm glad to see the Mets fans like so excited. I'm just wary. Maybe it's because it's because of all of the ridiculous things that have happened to the Mets over the years that I'm just like ingrained to feel this wary but yeah sports owners are mostly shitty ghouls and yeah it's just like is it a shitty ghoul who's gonna win you a world series or a shitty ghoul that's not (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's basically what it comes down to like Um, there are no there's no angels you don't own a base team by I mean obviously there's the Los Angeles Angels (laughs) (laughs) whose owner is also a shit bag by the way yes (laughs) but there are more devils in the ownership group let's put it that way than angels and Porcello is going back out there cool cool good okay whatever Um, but all this doesn't matter Hello, Chase and Shreve. You're warming up, at least. Whatever. Um, it's kind of fun. Like, you're hitting a reset button with, like, no known on what's the other side of the reset. Yeah, Like, that's you're right. kind of how I'm looking at it. Like, we're getting a blank slate, basically. And it could, you know, be really, really good. It could be really, really bad. It, it could be someplace in between. More, more that's what terrifies me. It kind of makes me feel more cavalier about all the, like, bullshit that's going on on the field this season. Yeah. Right now. It's kind of like, oh, you know, Porcello giving up epic taters. Whatever. Oh, well, he just gave up. He just gave up and out, or gotten out, so. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Barely. <laughs> it was pretty yeah. long out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After, you know, another wasted opportunity. How many men were, have been left on base so far oh, in this God, game? Well, know. that's not on him. That's no, on the stupid offense. I know, but still, like, they're just Ugh. playing bad. And they've been playing bad all year. And literally everybody could predict this because, once again, the Wilpons half-assed it. And maybe can we at least learn from that that half-assing it doesn't work? 
And yeah, like right? we at least if nothing else, take that away. If nothing else, even though Steve Cohen is like not the best human being and whatever else, he has been minority owner of this team for a long time, so he knows yeah. what bullshit has happened. And hopefully he has a brain at least and can see with his eyes what's been happening and the type of stuff that hasn't worked with this franchise. He at least is familiar make, with the franchise. Yeah, you don't make $14 billion by being an idiot. Like, Jeffy was a fail son. Everything was handed to him. Like, yeah. Cohen's actually had to work for his money. So I don't know if that changes the equation at all. Yeah, I don't know. But whatever. It, he, my point being, he's seen what's happened with yes. the Mets. And he's familiar with it, having been minority owner for so long. So hopefully that will have taught him something. If not, then he's a way bigger idiot than I thought. Um, yeah. <laughs> with that... Um, we do have some greater baseball things to cover, I suppose. Um, this is another <laughs> Mets-heavy pod. I feel like the pods have been very Mets-heavy lately, and we're sorry for our... our the, they are the minority, but they are a strong and mighty minority of non-Mets fans that listen to this podcast. We're very sorry. Um, but anyhow... Yay! One, two, three inning for One, two, Porcello. three inning. Good job, Rick nice. Porcello. I'll you see Brojas is smart. Look at that making me look stupid. Um... <laughs> So the, the baseball news is mostly uh, that the playoff bubble plan has been put into full motion. Um, but not so, really a bubble. It's, yeah, Andrew, exactly. I, guess, his way. I was going to say, isn't it more of a burning forest at this point, potentially? <laughs> yeah, potentially. You know, not to, not, to burst the, not to burst the bubble, for lack of a better phrase. <laughs> but, um, but they're running, there's... The, again, it was brought up. I forget who brought it up. Wait, let me look in the Slack channel about the air quality issues because of all yeah. of the wildfires going on. And was it Lazardo said they were never even approached about not playing or like nobody even? Yeah, they like, didn't even like consider not playing. Yeah, which is like crazy. And it's like we've already established in this weird season that you can play games not in your home stadium and it'll be fine. So, like, why did they not just move the games out of stadiums that that the air wasn't, like, breathing particle soup? Oh, I don't understand. I and, like, just again, like, Manfred's, like, just complete lack of awareness, complete lack of, you know, compassion Anything? for Anything? these players that have to play in this. Like, this wasn't new. You know there's wildfires raging throughout the entire state where the sky is blood orange and you thought that was okay the apocalypse oh, has truly it, reached a new level it, and it was it was the athletic that that has the article on that and nick grokey i'm gonna pronounce i'm sorry if i'm pronouncing his name incorrectly or nick groke I don't know, but it's in just the, I'm just going to read the tweet in the middle of a pandemic. Baseball is now facing another serious health threat. Nick Roke explores how poor air quality in the West could potentially affect players and MLB's postseason plans. Um, I didn't read the article um, just because it's paywall right now and I'm too lazy to find our password. <laughs> um, I was gonna say, we have an athletic subscription, Kellyanne. I know we do. <laughs> I'm just I'm just feeling lazy at the moment. So. Um, ugh. I'm like wondering why this wasn't done in, well, no, I can't say the Midwest right now. Cause the Midwest is like a COVID mess right now. Yeah. I just so why wasn't it done? Why was it done? And why wasn't this bubble formed in the Northeast where we have a lot of protocols in place where there, and there also can be, I think a bubble. Um, I don't know. It's just a mess. But they are playing. Doesn't Texas have a dome? Yes. Yes. So at least there's that. But again, they're letting fans in. It's like, do you no, not understand no. what the point of a bubble is? Yeah. Like, nope, baseball so stupid. Not. I... Like, you just saw the NBA and the NHL pull off a successful bubble. Neither have had one single positive test since they've 
been in the bubble and you just decided you were smarter than that when you've had multiple teams miss games because of outbreaks and you still think you're smarter, you know better, and you have a better handle on this. When you had models that told you a bubble works. And not only that, you're now playing in areas that aren't take that aren't taking the COVID pandemic as seriously as they should. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, we'll know. see what happens. We'll see what yeah. happens. Yeah, it's not set in stone, obviously, yet. Just the fact that they're establishing a bubble, I think that's official. Yes. Yes. And the format, I think, is official, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, and there are, I don't think, any breaks in between, like, the CLS and the, oh, this is going to be the CS and the DS. The DS and the CS, excuse me. Oh, boy. Hitch is straight baseball, baby. I actually kind of like that idea. I mean, I mean, I don't think we'll be getting any Bumgarner situations then, where a pitcher can come back and pitch out of the bullpen. That's true. So that probably takes that out. You can't Nationals your way to World Series this time. No, or Bumgarner your way to World oh, Series. Oh, oh. <laughs> That's true. I mean, I kind of wish they had a day off maybe in between each, but also I like the fact that there's not necessarily a long layoff for some teams, like who will win their, who win their games, who sweep, I'm sorry, who sweep their series and then have like a four to a four to seven day layoff before their next series. Yeah, I know they swear momentum isn't a thing, but the 2000 Mets got totally screwed by momentum. Oh yeah, that much is true. I also think the 2015 Mets got screwed by that, too, because they had a yeah. long layoff in between the, the championship series and the World Series because they yeah. swept. Shouldn't have swept That's the true. Cubs. Nope. And they shouldn't have. Did they sweep the Cardinals in 2000? Or was that just? Was I do not that, remember. Um, I think the Cardinals may have won one game. God, that was 20 years ago. Jeez. It was 20 years ago. Oh, God, don't even, no, no, yes. <laughs> no, no. How? Uh, now, now it's going to bother me. NLCS 2000, this is riveting podcast. <laughs> riveting podcast content, everyone. <laughs> Cardinals, that's. I'm just that going was... to gonna lament that that was 20 years ago. Yeah, four to one, the Cardinals won one. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember which game it was. God! That was when Rick and Keel developed the Yips, if I'm yes. not... Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm still on the fact that that was 20 years ago. I'm still on that. I can't process any more than that. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's like oh, that Fernando tweet. Tatis was on that Cardinals team. He was. Senior. He was. Yes, Fernando Tatis. Junior. The not junior was probably still a baby yeah he might not even be born wait let Let's me say that way <laughs> Tati jr was born was he is he 20 yes yes he was one he was born <laughs> january 2nd 1999 all right all right <laughs> he was one okay so i totally don't want to like completely <laughs> Oh, and Pamela Holmes was born, too. Pamela Holmes was in the outfield, so I think he was, like, six. Oh, my God. I've been seeing lots of tweets that, like, make me feel old lately, and, like, one of them was, one of them was, like, highly relatable, which was, like, it was something like, when you put on an album from 2007, wow, love this two-and-a-half-year-old album. It's like, and then you realize it's from 2007, and you're like, shit. And then That's you, the whole thing. Where did the time go? I know. Like, where, like, oh I still God. think 2000 was only a couple years ago. Me like, too. That was only, like, five years ago, obviously. Wait, no, it was 20 years ago. 20 years ago. And then like, the, I don't, the other tweet was, like, the other tweet was like, what era of gaming did you start in? And it was like pictures of like the PS2 was like the oldest 
game system that they <laughs> what? showed. What? Like, are you shitting me? And then the one of the replies was like, "People older than twenty five exist." <laughs> yeah. Oh like, what gosh. the hell? I had the original Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, my brother may have had the Atari, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> I had I had an original Game Boy, like before the. I had Game the original Boy Game Boy. No, I had the I had before the collar. I had the original Game Boy. Yeah, like Te- Tetris Game Boy. was my jam. I only I only had the um collar version. Oh man, we had Sega. See, I, I was not, like, big into video games when I was a kid. I was into, like, all the toys and stuff. The Polly Pocket, the Pogs. Oh, yeah, Tama- Pogs. Tama- Tamagotchi. Tamagotchis. Poke- Pokemon. Tamagotchis so forever. Yeah. So I would peas? play with my Tamagotchi now if I could. I know. Same. I was going to say, I still play Pokemon Go. So, Pokemon <laughs> has stuck with me. Yeah. <laughs> Same. <sighs> um, I guess the other the other baseball thing we have is that um, the unwritten rules have taken another victim. His name is Trent Grisham. <laughs> the The Padres tend to get caught up in a lot of this because they hit a lot of dingers, and they have players that like to show off when they hit dingers. And Trent Grisham is one of them. And you know he made the Dodgers very sad with celebrating his homer. Um, and womp, womp. Dave, Dave well, because, Roberts yeah. said, I don't mind guys admiring a homer. Certainly it's a big game, big hit. Really like the player, but I just felt to overstay at home plate against a guy like Clayton, who's got the respect of everyone in the big leagues for what he's done in the game. I just took exception to that. There's a certain respect you give a guy if you homer against him, which is like, th- that's like, uh... that's a different angle of these unwritten rules that we haven't really discussed, which is the kind of like, annoying like oh the unwritten rules only apply if you're facing an accomplished pitcher which is like no (laughs) no one tweet today and i'm sorry to the author because i can't remember who it was but it was a picture of max muncie hitting a home run off of brett gardner telling him to go fish it out of the ocean yep like like bum gardner is you know, two-time Cy Young Award winner, um, World Series MVP, and but he, I guess he doesn't deserve respect. Yeah, like how is Bumgarner not on the same, not on List. the same plane as Clayton Kershaw? Yet the manager of the dude who said "Go fish it out of the ocean" in Max Muncie is now saying, "Oh, you got to respect a guy like Clayton Kershaw." It's like stop yeah. being such a goddamn hypocrite. Yeah, I was going to say, you can't pick and choose now. Like, Max Muncie also pimped a home run off Jacob deGrom and nobody complained. I complained because I was there and was not happy. I just silently but... seethed about it. I wasn't about to tweet, like, Max Muncie, unwritten rules, respect Jacob deGrom. But in my in my brain, I was like, meh. <laughs> like, but that's I just me being sour grapes. Yeah, exactly. yeah that's, that's the whole and thing. Like, that he hit a home run off my man. Like, that happened. Well, you know, that happens even to the best pitchers yeah and jacob Degrom did not throw at the next batter nor did he throw a temper tantrum about it no nor did he make his manager talk shit about it no he just like got the next guy out because that's what jacob Degrom does yeah so like i just i just i just i don't know why this popped into well i know why it popped into my head because it's wilmer flores when wilmer flores (laughs) hit the home run off of jacob Degrom. (laughs) (laughs) i mean Jacob I mean, DeGrom smiled when that happened. Friends. I mean, partly it's their friends, and they were kind of like joshing a little bit before the at-bat. I don't know if it was that at-bat or the first at-bat. But even, like, after the game. But, like, Jacob, I mean, Jacob kind of, like, obviously he was frustrated with, with himself, but, like, didn't let it overtake his mind or overtake his attitude or let it get to the rest of the team or his coach and... Oh my god. Like I forget who's the one on the Marlins who we swear is related to Cespedes. I can't remember what his name is. Oh, Aguilar? Jesus yes, Aguilar. Aguilar. Like he had a really long home run off DeGrom and after the game, DeGrom was like, I thought it was a good pitch. He's a good hitter. Hats off to him. Like it's okay to get yeah, it's okay. Run to good hitters. Yeah. Like Whatever. And honestly, I love Jacob for that because that shows like respect for 
both sides of the game. Yeah. He's an amazing pitcher, but you know what? He also shows respect to those that when he makes a mistake, there are hitters that will take advantage of it. And why is it okay for Max Scherzer to like grunt and groan and <laughs> like what? Pretty sure we can find video of Clayton Kershaw like getting pretty hype about a strike, a big strike. Yeah. So that's okay. Like yeah. what if Kershaw strikes out Trout and he keeps has to walk off the mound? Because my trout is worthy of respect. Yeah. Wait, you know, everybody's worked hard. To make it to the majors. You know they might not be the best player. But they're still out there competing. Why don't they deserve respect? Yeah it just reeks of the whole like. And, like remember when. The Mets had that fancy locker room. And they were like oh. They yes. have to show us that they're. That they've earned it. Another Wilpanian like, special. Yeah like it's that type of shit. It's the same shit like oh. only You only deserve respect once you've achieved a certain status. You can only pimp home runs off rookies. Like that's such bullshit. And it goes back to again. Like swinging 3-0. and Like. And that you shouldn't be swinging. Like you're not. Like, like Gary said, then why don't you just forfeit at that point? Like, you're, you still want to compete. And, you know, if you're hitting a home run, that's you competing. That's showing respect mm-hmm. for the game. When the Mets yes. beat the Blue Jays 18 to 1 or whatever it was, I'm pretty sure no one called the police. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> no one no said they were pouring were it on. No ladies and fainting. <laughs> Everyone survived. Everyone lived. Yes, the, the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays came back. It was fine. They, they're still they're still out there playing baseball. No one died, and they won the next two games. They like won hey, the next maybe two that's games, your... which is exactly the answer that you should give to that. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Don't like it. Play better. That's, Don't like that's... it. Play better. Um. So yeah, that's that's that. Unwritten rules are stupid as always. But um, can I just say one last thing? And should not for... be selectively applied. Yes. Yeah. For one final thing for a baseball segment, how a certain unnamed national reporter who generally gets things wrong got something else very, very wrong. Oh, I forgot about this. <laughs> Which yes. lets to apply her getting death threats. Very charming. Very, very good knob Bitingale. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. Like, this is just. Like his reporting is dangerous. How does he yeah. still have a job? Like if people don't Connections. know, yeah, what what the issue was. He reported that somebody broke protocol, and that's why the games got suspended. I think, and then the player had not broken protocol. He had only visited his wife, who is pregnant and on bed rest because her pregnancy has been difficult. And they started getting death threats because the, this it was reported that he had broken protocol. So, like, that's the last thing he needs. And they said he got really emotional in his press conference saying, you know, it was hard for him and his wife to deal with that. Who's already dealing with a lot. Being pre- Having a tough pregnancy during a pandemic is tough enough. And now you have this jackass piling on, like, and... Was there ever an apology? Was there ever a correction issued? No. He never apologizes. He just, like, deletes his tweets and pretends that they never happened. And it's just like, Nob, you gotta gotta own up to your shit, Nob. Yeah. Like, come on. This poor guy, like, he doesn't need to be dealing with this shit. And he did nothing wrong. Literally nothing wrong. And he just gets away with reporting it for it's amazing for how some of these dudes still have their jobs amazing yeah. to me how some of these dudes is it because they're jobs. in the club or yeah you know they have sources hashtag sources i don't know sauces sauces yeah. multiple yeah, so it, sauces can confirm yeah, as long as you're in the club you're untouchable i guess yeah it's it's pretty gross it's yeah it's inexcusable it's inexcusable uh-huh. as a journalist you should be ashamed but he apparently is He has no shame. He has no shame. No, he doesn't. Like, there are other national reporters who have 
made pretty egregious errors and like actually in the past other ones have owned up to it and been like i'm i screwed up i took that tweet down because xyz was inaccurate or because i didn't word it well what i said yeah or i'm issuing a correction no, he just deletes his tweets, or if he even does that. But like, <laughs> when they're when he gets enough backlash, he deletes his tweet, and he never says anything about it. No, nope, sometimes like he deletes his tweet, just and then sweep it under the rug and not say anything. Sometimes pretend the, it, pretend nobody noticed. Sometimes, like in the case of Cespedes during the whole like Cespedes debacle, when he was just tweeting about how much money he was making, sometimes yes! he'll delete the tweet <sighs> and then put up a like an almost identical tweet a few hours later. <laughs> And he's Ugh. the one that wrote not one, but two redemption articles on abusers. Oh, yeah. There's Charming. Also There's also that. So he's just a lovely, lovely human being. Altogether, not great. So get your shit together, knob. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I just needed to get that out. Because it was... No, you should have. No, I'm so sorry. Because it's wrong. Yeah, I don't remember who the player's name was. Because, see, again, it's, you know, this poor guy's been put through hell, was but it, everybody knows who the... I don't know. No. Was it? I thought he was the false positive, and then on top of that, they were saying he had the positive because he w- he broke protocol. I thought maybe I'm incorrect about that. Yeah, oh, yeah, Alex Dickerson. Sorry. Yes. I, yes. You said Dickerson, and my brain jumped to Corey Dickerson, and I was like, hey, no. That's where mine did, too. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, uh, no Alex, Alex Dickerson. Dickerson. Yeah. Of the um, Giants. Yeah, of the Giants. Yep. Ugh. I was cool. so focused on the journalist who screwed up that I forgot who the victim is, which was completely on me, but at least now we know. And, we, and it will, was- we will link in the tweets, um, et cetera, to the, um, to the story about this. Not Nob's reporting. The no, story God. about no, Nob's I inaccurate have, I have um, one from Alex Pav... Pla- oh, my God. I'm going to botch his last name, too. Alex Pav- Pavlovic. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah Pavlovich, maybe, I think, is probably the more likely pronunciation. But I was yeah. going to say, there's no H on the end there. So, woo, sorry. I have um, the conference autoplay. But yeah, so the you know sports journalists need to do better in so many ways. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, we've established uh, it's a long-standing uh, stance of this podcast that sports journalism needs to do better in a lot of various ways, and that's one of them. So um, yeah, don't screw up your reporting and you know like cause a player to get death threats for no reason. Thanks. Yeah. Um, Anyway, but we will, before we move on to walk-off wins, we will close this segment, too, on a happy note, which is that we have a date for our prize-drawing event for the Dollars for Dingers fundraiser. Um, So we will be drawing prizes for the Dollars for Dingers wrap-up fundraiser event, whatever you want to call it, virtual gathering um, on September 26th, and we will be doing it during the during the Mets game. So we have lined this up so that in theory, provided nothing goes awry, which is this is the Mets, so you never know. But um, in theory, this should be Jacob deGrom's last start of the season. It's the second to last game of the year, the Saturday night game, um, which starts at 7.07 p.m. Um, We will be, you know, getting together on Zoom live, watching the game, having a little bit of social time, have a few drinks, and then in between innings, you know, I'll draw – um, names from a hat and uh, pick out the prizes. Obviously, if you can't attend the virtual event and you're one of the people who's up for a prize, no problem. We'll still alert you by Twitter, email, whatever, um, if you won something. So even if you aren't there to hear your name being called, it'll be fine. You'll still know that you won a prize. Um, but yeah, we'll do it by Zoom. Um, we'll put the Zoom link and all the various uh, uh, virtual details out on Twitter and also on AmazingAvenue.com. So keep a lookout for that. But we do have a date. So pencil it in on your calendar. September 26th, 7 o'clock. Jacob DeGrom's, second to, uh, Jacob DeGrom's last start, second to last Mets game of the year. Um, Saturday night. Spend your Saturday night with uh, us and hang out with us and win some prizes if you made a pledge. So heck yeah. Boop, boop. Get excited. 
Um, so that's so that's happening. Um, but in the meantime, we will end the show with walk-off wins, where each of us talks about what's making us happy this week, baseball-related or otherwise. Kellyanne Healy, what is your walk-off win for this week? Oh, God, I was hoping you wouldn't call me first. Sorry, <laughs> we can call you first. Um... <laughs> I had a very, this is going to sound so lame. I had a very productive weekend cleaning my room, which was a mess. No, that so, always like, feels being, so good when you like, clean. Everything is so organized. I feel so organized in my life right now because my room is clean. <laughs> that makes a big difference. It does make a big difference. Um, so yay, I got my room clean. I know that's like a lame walk off win, but that's my walk off win for this week. <laughs> no, it's good. I, it, you always feel so much less stressed out when you like get a thing done you've been meaning to do, like cleaning or like dishes or like whatever. It always just even just like having just having the energy to do it too. Exactly, I think helped me a lot accomplished like yeah i got that done today i did something i did something i feel like during covid times our like you know standards are a little altered for like what is considered productive and i say during covid times cleaning your room definitely a productive day (laughs) i agree thank you (laughs) linda servich what is your walk-off win for this week i kind of have two um, yes. Do it. <laughs> All right. My first one is I finally got furniture. Yay! Um, yes. So I feel like I'm finally progressing, but of course it's COVID time, so it's not going to be delivered forever. Um, so it's like one step forward, two steps back again. Um, but I got the apartment cleaned. Um, so it's moving ready finally. So it's ready and waiting for my stuff, and so. I, I'm, I'm very excited about the furniture I picked out. It's very pretty. So I can't I have, wait to see it in person. I have lots uh, of memories, both um, when I got a place off campus my senior year of college and then when I moved to Baltimore to my own place um, of like being moved into the place but not really having furniture yet. So like sitting on like folding chairs in the middle of my living room eating out of bowls. That's part of becoming an adult. It's just like going yeah. through that phase. Well, they left me, like, these, yeah, they left me these two stools, so, like, (laughs) at least I have this, like, broken stool to sit on. I I think you need to take a picture of the broken stool. Okay. (laughs) I got rid of one, because my boss, like, well, this one's because, the like, the seat was ripped, and my mom's like, you might as well get rid of the other one, but, but the other one's, like, in okay shape. So I just put that in the closet. I'm like, okay, stool, cool. <laughs> so we moved I don't down. know what I'm going to do with it, but I'll, yeah, I will take a picture of the stool if you really want it. Yes, <laughs> it will be amazing. Um, so I do, you know, I'm just, you know, frustrated that everything's taking so long again. But, you know, I'm happy with the furniture I picked up. Um, so can't wait until I can finally get this all done. But I'm excited. Um, So that's number one. Um, And number two is my niece started her first week of all virtual. (gasps) How'd that go? It was tough. Um, Just like I feel like every kid is having a tough time right now. And like they're six. They shouldn't be this stressed out. And it kind of broke my heart. But Mm. today... We got a picture of her and like she was smiling and she had her headphones on and um, you know my mom had to explain to her like you know you're it's okay to ask the teacher questions and stuff and then so you know my mom checked in with her and she was like oh Em how'd you figure that out and she said oh I put it in the chat so just to see her like you know in just one week to see her grow and like figure it out at like six years old like that's kind of a big deal like having that's why i love yeah i love kids so much especially like at that age they are sponges and they're so adaptable too um i know i i mentioned earlier i think in in private in private conversation that one of the students i tutor um was handling this so much better than i've seen adults handle it yeah. Um and I feel I feel that way with a lot of kids that I've seen that they're handling this very like well. 
um, it's a shock for them, but they adapt. Yeah. And Giselle, I just want to say shout out to all the kids, basically, because it's not easy. And my heart breaks for them. But, you know, they've, they're still going at it. They're trying the best they can. And but like I said, like in one week, she's already, you know, figuring it out. And, you know, it's six years old. That's a big thing. Like, I was the shyest kid. Is when I was little and I don't know if I would have the guts to like put something in the chat or you know you know where people might see my words or you know they might think I'm stupid or um so you know like just good for all the kids and I hope I hope they're all okay and this won't have lasting effects but I was maybe people have very confident people coming up you know maybe that'll be a positive out of all this True. And I think just just going back to like what you mentioned about not having not like being worried about what you're saying in the chat. I think from what I've seen of my virtual program this this summer, kids were more comfortable asking questions because um, they weren't necessarily being interrupted in person. And even if they were, they could be muted. Yeah. <laughs> Mute button. <laughs> That's the other thing. Um, I don't know if that's, I think it might depend on like the software for that schools are using, but there's always that potential in, in a classroom this year. I don't know. This is, this is just, it's going to be fascinating. Like as an educator um, and, and a librarian, this is just from a research standpoint, fascinating to me. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Like, maybe she grows from this and is more confident going forward, which would be fantastic. Yeah. I'm so, glad she's adapting well. Yes, I am too. Because, like I said, she had she had a tough day. Uh, one of her first days. And Yeah. But hopefully, hopefully Wait, we're moving her, in the right direction. I was going to say, was this her first first day? Like, going to school, like, period? No, she's in second grade. So, oh, okay. So she was a little. She was. Okay. She, yeah. So she had some school behind her. So okay. she was okay. But still, she's six. Yeah. So those are my walk-off wins. Go, M. Keep, keep, keep Yay! doing, keep crushing it, Emily. Keep, keep trucking, M. We got you. Yep. You got this, girl. Um, so my walk off wind is something simple that happened to me today, which is that, um, a few days ago, um, Michael and I were out and, um, we went to the, the, I was, I'm trying to explore DC a little more, but it's like kind of hard in current conditions to really explore as much as I would like to. But, um, the other day we were out and I stopped by the, um, the indie bookstore that I noticed that is kind of close ish to our apartment, um, and I asked for Anxious People by Frederick Bachman because oh. his new book is coming yeah. at, is out. Yes. So it's out. It's out. Yes, it's out. I got, it's, I got it for book of the month. It is out. <laughs> um, so I asked for it and they didn't have it yet. They either didn't have it yet or like it was on back order, um, but they didn't like uh-huh. have any in stock. But they were like, oh, Jesus, so the Phillies just threw a ball away. Um, and, Yay. But so um, they said, uh, we don't have it, but we can order it for you. And I was like, yes, please. And so they ordered it for me. And I got a call this afternoon being like, Allison, your book is in. And I was like, hooray. Aww. And so I like put on my running clothes and my running shoes. And I went for a run to the bookstore. I ran two miles to the bookstore. And I was like, my book. And I got Anxious People by Frederick Bachman. And it is now in my possession. And I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so jealous. I need to I need to read that. Yeah. So that is happening next on my list. Um, right now, I'm currently in the middle of two books <laughs> so once I finish reading those I'm gonna I'm gonna read this book and I cannot wait I'm so excited um Frederick Bachman for those of you who don't know he wrote um Beartown as well as the sequel to Beartown Us Against You and he wrote A Man Called Uva um as well as um, yes I'm so glad you pronounced that correctly A Man Called Sorry. Uva um as well as um a few of uh, many other fantastic novels and he uh, is currently like he's he's pretty much my favorite like current author like contemporary author right now um and this is his newest book and it just came out and i'm so excited to read it Ah! um so that's my walk-off win it's just that i got i I got my hands on the brand new frederick bachman book yes i have it on hold it probably just hasn't come in for me yet 
Um, I am like so tempted to just get you a book of the month gift, Linda, right now. <laughs> so you can get it because it's in this month's selections of, of September books. That's how I got mine. Uh, and, also speaking, and also speaking of books, I got the new Jacqueline Woodson, who I also love, but it's a middle grade book. She is a prolific children's middle yes. grade and now adults. She has written books for adults too, author, and I love her to bits and pieces. So that's my book recommendation for also the week. My, my old professor from my creative writing professor from college has a new book out if anybody cares. She wrote Orphan Train. I don't know if anybody read Orphan Train. That was a big book club book a while back. Um, Wait, or yes, yes, I yes. Well, I haven't read it, but I know of it. Yes. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it was huge a couple of years ago. So she has a new one out called The Exiles that looks pretty good. So I have that one on hold too. If anybody else needs another book recommendation, why? Why does my okay? No, never mind. That's a, my my search engine keeps going to Bing, and I don't know why. Ah, I can't figure this out for the life of me. We'll talk about that random. offline, but you might have a virus. That's bad. Uh, oh, but, I'll clear my cookies. Yeah, do that. <laughs> um, but anyhow, so that does it for the show this week. Um, you can uh, find us at amazingavenue.com. Um, like Linda referenced, Dave Capobianco just put up a fantastic piece about the Wilpons and our, kind of the changing paradigm of the Mets right now with the new ownership group. We're going to have a lot more analysis piece, pieces for you in the coming days. I know that um, a Michael Conforto like MVP case, making the case for Michael Conforto MVP might be in the works. Um I know that Lucas Vlahos was going to write a piece about um, Dominic Smith and whether to sell high on him right now and, like, the the case for that. I'm thinking about writing a Seth Lugo sticking in the rotation type of piece because it's my brand. Um, you know, we've got all sorts of analysis piece for, pieces for you in the works in addition to our usual game recaps, um, morning news every day, et cetera. Um, so go to AmazingAvenue.com, check out all of that content. Um, you can follow Amazing Avenue on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. You can follow the show on Twitter at A Pod of Their Own, where Kellyanne sometimes puts ABBA gifts all over the place on yes. Twitter. So, and that was a huge success, by the way. So, yeah, we need to get yes. back to our um, game tweeting, which we will definitely do more of next season when things are more hopefully normal. We will do a lot more themed um, GIF live tweeting game nights for you guys on the Twitter account. Um, so yeah, definitely, uh, check out, check us out on Twitter. You can follow Linda and I on Twitter on our personal accounts as well. I am at petite PhD. How about you, Linda? At Linda Servage. Um, you can find Kellyanne putting ABBA gifts on the uh, pot of their own account, but you can also find her in the Amazing Avenue comments. Laura Mabella, go chat with her. She's very friendly. Um, just don't, just don't. I also, I also get very snarky in the comments sometimes too. I was going to (laughs) say, just don't put any comments that she'll have to moderate. Um, please. Thank you. Or uh, don't insult and don't insult Wilmer Flores. And never that's insult your, Wilmer that's, Flores. No, that's no. the cardinal sin. Do not insult Wilmer Flores in front numero, of me. You know. That should just be a general rule in like life. Yes, true story. <laughs> true story. I agree. True story. Um, yeah. So check us out on all the social medias and on AmazingAvenue.com. You should also subscribe to Amazing Avenue Audio, our entire suite of pods. Rate and review the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. It really helps people find the show. The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets, and don't forget, there is no crying in